Woody Womack joined by Dave Lackford back on the podcast for a special late week bonus episode. Dave, where have you been? We haven't had you on in a long time. What have you been up to? Uh, just trying to make the legal practice work. Been working out. I've been studying jujitsu. Just trying to become a, a better man. So, so we know that uh, we know that you can fight. You you had no problem talking about your fighting record. What made you want to add another discipline? Like now you got you had street fighting down. You could probably box pretty good, but that now you want to go to the ground game with jujitsu. Yeah, in case I got to fight a, a dude that's you know bigger than me, like you, man. <laughs> I got to be able to take on the woodies of the world. You know what I mean? I got to submit you. You know, grab that arm and bend it back. So put you in a in the in the leg choke. No, you know I love going to the ground though. That's the problem is because I know, I know, I know. I just got to figure out a way to shrimp out and uh, get you in a triangle choke. Yeah, if you get me, no, if you get behind, yeah. But my goal is usually to try to get it to the ground and and do because then I can just you know my body's doing the work. I don't got to do I don't got to do a whole lot in terms of delivering blows. They teach they teach you how to get out from underneath the bigger body, but the number one rule of jujitsu is avoid the fight. You know, so it's it's good. It teaches you some uh some discipline um and it, it teaches you to be confident in yourself and to you know walk away from the fight even though you think that you could win it so you know jujitsu i i would tell every man out there go ahead and, and get in a jujitsu class and learn the discipline because jujitsu is um it's about discipline it's about self-confidence it's about being able to um control exhaust and submit your opponent without actually hurting them so it's a good it's a good thing to have it, it boosts your confidence and um you know you you're able to diffuse situations where otherwise if you were weaker and, and you didn't really know how to fight or you weren't confident in yourself you want to kind of be macho and show that you can fight whereas if you know you can fight um you can avoid the situations you ego that much when was the last time you got in like a bar fight uh, 2012, some dude was met with my girlfriend, kind of smashed his head into the wall a couple times, but that was just like some street, some, some, that was just the dog in me, you know what I mean? But I can't do it to everybody. Like, he was, if he was your size, I'd have just had to get a new girlfriend. <laughs> you know well, right, but I mean, like, if, if, I don't think you'd be afraid to fight me if we were at a, if we were at a bar. You could get one, you could get a one or two quick shots in before I could do anything in theory. Yeah, I mean, I'd get a couple shots in. I'd probably hit you over the head with a ball or something, but then I, I wouldn't be trying to stick around hey. when you recovered, you know what I mean? Like, what, people don't understand it. Woody's a big dude. Woody played high school football. Woody's like a nose. You might look at Woody and think he's a chunk, but, like, you're going to mess up your gear. You might get your nose broken, you know, get an eye knocked out. You know, you don't want to fight people. Like, fighting cool, man. It's, it's exhausting, you know. I'm just trying to hang out and have a good time, so – uh, but jujitsu is kind of like you make the other person use all their energy and, and you kind of just control them and you bend their arm back for a minute and you say, hey, let's have a conversation. You know, I'm going to keep doing this because I'm going to break your arm. If I'll be cool, can I go home? Can I go hang out with my girl for the rest of the night? So I don't know. Like, like learn a, learn a discipline of fighting. Don't just walk around here trying to beast mode everybody. So the last fight I got in was when I got robbed in my home invasion. And to give, a, to give you an idea of if I could take a punch or not, I mean, I got pistol whipped 
and it still took two or three dudes to take. It was like a, I was like a bear, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, you, you're a bear, dude. I want to fight you. You're a big guy. Like. So, so as I tell people who don't, people might not know this. I got robbed in like a brutal home invasion where it was like a mistaken identity situation where it was like a drug retaliation. Uh, and four dudes came into my house like, you know, Navy SEAL style. They fell into my house. They came in through the garage. The garage door was open. They came through the side door in the garage. My dog was barking. I was like, what are you barking at? The door flies open. Dude pops in and I just level him. I mean, you want to talk about fight or flight. I just rocked the dude. But the problem was then there was another dude. I tried to hit him. And then there was the third dude who pistol whipped me. And then there was the fourth dude. Who helped tie me up? So uh, yeah, life isn't a movie, man. You're not no, Liam Neeson. No, but the, the fact that the the crime scene unit was like, oh, we got blood on one of the guys. That means I was like, man, because he wore a ski mask. So I mean, I, he must have lost a decent amount of blood if he was bleeding on the floor. <laughs> Did they ever catch the people? No, you know they said they put their which is which i find this makes me doubt the whole system dave they said they put their stuff into that database you know oh yeah. you, got their, you got their dna in the database they get if they commit another felony it's going to flag and i mean you're telling me these dudes are just <laughs> these dudes show up put a gun to my head tell me they're going to kill me beat me up leave me in my house hogtied and they haven't committed another crime and got caught in 10 years it's not that they haven't committed another crime and got caught. It's that they didn't leave any another DNA sample to match it at another crime scene. <laughs> so one of the funny things is when I was a prosecutor, so I'm a lawyer, if you don't know, um, people listening. So one of the things that one of my mentors told me when I was a prosecutor, I'm no longer a prosecutor. I'm a private attorney. But he said um, I, I went to trial and I said, how many how many forensic units do you think we have in the state of kentucky he asked that to the jury and they were like 20 30 uh 100 because they watched you know csi right. and he's like we have one and it's here in louisville but that's all it's all bullshit like oh, am i allowed to say that we got to edit that out but <laughs> there's no like you watch tv you watch you know you watch uh uh matlock and you think that you know he could do all these things but it doesn't work. CSI Miami, all that is garbage, you know. So if, if now if this if, if somebody else punches this dude in the face uh when he does a home invasion and they're able to link that DNA to when, when you punch them in the face, congratulations, <laughs> and they're standing on your shoulders, you know. But it's probably not gonna happen. Well, so uh they did actually what because it was surprising because they actually did send out like a crime scene band and they were really doing like I mean, there was a rash of one crime scene van in Florida. There, I, I bet Florida has like five. No, Florida's got several. There has several, five. <laughs> but anyway, it uh, that was my last fight, which I lost. Which my career record. If you want to talk about a career record, I mean, the amount of times I've fought someone one on one is is very small. The amount of times multiple people have beat me up uh, is high. So, see, I think that I think that you didn't lose though, like. Somebody came in your house and tied you up, and they were like, you're Lebowski, Lebowski. You know, they had the wrong guy. But you punched a dude in the face, drew blood. They kind of respected that. Right. They let you live. You know what I mean? Was it a loss? I mean, you fought four guys and you lived. I, I chalked that up as a win, man. Give yourself some grace. <laughs> we'll take that as a dub. So, anyway, yeah, Dave's it's been – It's definitely a dub. 
Dave was doing his legal practice. Of course, he's in Louisville, so he was, you know, heavily involved. With Louisville. Louisville. So he had, he had a lot of stuff going on when we had the protest, Brianna Taylor. So that was why Dave initially we stopped doing the podcast because hey, we had the pandemic. Then Dave was, you know, out being a social justice warrior on the front lines. Uh, so we didn't really want to talk about that on the podcast. Obviously, no. a lot of stuff was going on. I was done doing that pro bono work, man. Good <laughs> lord, that destroyed my docket, man. Like, oh man. Yeah, Dave had tweeted at one point that he would represent anyone who got arrested protesting for free. <laughs> I wish I couldn't. I couldn't Lesson have learned. <laughs> Don't call me, man. Couldn't have been a good business decision. He already represents me for free and all of his other friends that bother him for legal advice. Um, so anyway, so that's where Dave's been. Uh, and Rob and I explained where we had been last week. And, and Dave can attest, trying to get Rob to sit down and record this podcast is really like hurting cats or something. Rob got too much going on, man. You got like five kids that are all baseball stars. You got baseball games to go to. You got too much going on. Well, so we said, so this week I said, hey, let's watch this Mets 30 for 30. We could talk about it on the podcast. And then Rob's <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I'll probably, I read the book already. I'll probably get around to it later. It's like, you're telling me he's not watching a documentary celebrating the team that he loves greatest moment in the last 50 years. I mean, come on. Rob was like two and eighty six though, so he don't he don't know he don't know about the cocaine Mets. He don't know about <laughs> Hernandez perfect standalone mustache. I was at I was actually at the bar waiting on a client to come pay me some money. That's that's how it is when you're a, a criminal defense attorney. People meet you at the bar and give you cash. Um, but I was watching. And I was like, man, Keith Hernandez standalone mustache is perfect. So if you have no, it is. thirty for thirty. Look at Keith Hernandez's standalone and all you hipsters with the twirled up garbage going on. The Raleigh Fingers mustache. No, the Keith Hernandez is the way to go. Keith Hernandez standalone greater than Raleigh Fingers. So we might try to do that still next week if we can get. Have you watched any of it? I know you you tweeted something. I watched. Uh, no, I didn't. I just DM'd you. But yeah, I'm going to watch you. It's four it's not hours. Good, it's not good. In, it's four hours. Yeah, it's four hours. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to have to send Rivals an invoice. <laughs> I charge you an hour with, at this point. With commercials. So maybe That's it's like, right there. <laughs> maybe it's like three hours. But anyway, if we can watch, if we can get it together to watch it before next week, uh, the, the three of us will talk about it if we if we can pin down Rob. Because I mean we I want to do a basketball podcast with Rob this week too. So we'll see if I can get him to do that. Um, but the reason I wanted to have Dave on is UCF, my alma mater, is playing at Louisville this Friday night. UCF is a seven-point, depending on where you look, road favorite. Dave, Louisville is a mess. We got this controversy going on right now where they last – at last week's game uh, against Eastern Kentucky, I think, the lines were long for concessions. They were short-staffed. The fans were livid. They couldn't get food. They couldn't get drinks. So Louisville's response was, hey, we're going to go out and hire a director of fan engagement. And they hire this dude. And it turns out he hates Louisville, right, based on his <laughs> based on his tweets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they canceled him. You know, those old tweets. Scrub your, scrub your Twitter to quote Rob Cassidy. We're all stupid for using social media. 
Um, this guy is a Kentucky fan. He said things like, you know, uh, I hate Louisville more than any other school, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Rick Pitino, he was a Kentucky coach, right? Howard Schnellenberger went to Kentucky. Uh, Vince Tyree was a Kentucky guy, you know. And he's the – He's the AD. And Kentucky, you either go to Louisville or Kentucky. And most people go to Kentucky. It's the state school, you know. So, it, look, here's what it is. Beat UCF, and nobody cares about how long the concession line was. Yeah, nobody cares about the mold on the seats. If, if, if you have a winning football program, people will literally sit on mold and watch your team. To quote okay. the, the, the late, great Al Davis, just win, baby. So – People said the seats were moldy. That wasn't moldy. moldy. Matt, Jones, Matt Jones, somebody sent Matt. So Matt Jones is the guy who runs KSR, Kentucky Sports Radio here in Kentucky. It's a big deal. And Matt Jones retweeted a picture of the seat where the seat literally had mold, like you're putting your butt in mold. Uh, it was pretty bad. But my point is this wouldn't be an issue if – or if Louisville had a better going against Ole Miss, which I think Ole Miss is a really good team. I think Ole Miss finishes third out there in the, in the SEC West. I mean, Matt Carroll is a great quarterback, mobile, big, good arm. And, I mean, Louisville is Louisville, man. Like, they, they don't have the, the, the athletes to stack up against that team. They sucked in the first half, but they came out in the second half. They, they didn't quit. So Satterfield has these kids going out there ready to play over adversity. I mean, look, I mean, look, they're, you're not they're not chuck full of four stars and five stars and, and high three stars, you know what I mean? You know, there's no there's no five point seven Rondell Moore's on that squad. <laughs> That's a shot at so, Uh but but look, here's what it is. Shut, pay up or shut up, right? So UCF, one of the top G5 schools in the country without question. It probably should probably be in a P5 conference, you know. Um, tell the, tell the, uh, the Big 12 to holler at them, right? But UCF, you saw them, they were down 21 to Boise State, roared back, ended up winning that game, what, 631? Um, how many games UCF supposed to win? Shit, 9, 10. And people always talk about, oh, you know, uh, Charlie Strong, so good here, and Eddie Bridgewater, and, and Charlie Strong, uh, but they were a G team. They were a conference USA, right? So, I mean, if Saturday and Louisville could come out and beat UCF at home on Friday night, it changed the whole narrative. Uh, so, who are you? <laughs> I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah, who are you picking? What's your pick? I know you're going to. You're, you're, you're better when you. You're hey, better. I took. I think Louisville. I sent you. I sent you my picks, right? So I felt like Louisville was like plus two twenty five on the money line, and uh, I think I just took UCF with the spread. Scared <laughs> <laughs> hey, money don't make none, but a fool and his money are soon as apart. And I ain't scared, but I ain't no fool. So you do the math. All right, yeah, I like UCF in this game. UCF is kind of – I don't think UCF – this is not like a no-brainer undefeated UCF team by any means. No, no, they, no. They still had some adjustments to the offense. I do think Louisville can, can move the ball on them. I just think that uh, UCF, with having – they got a bunch of talented wide receivers, and they got Isaiah Bowser from Northwestern but transferred in to play running back, and he's just a workhorse. So as long as they have him – 
and they have Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I, I think this is going to be tough for Louisville. So I like UCF. I'm going to take them to cover too. So I'm going to the homer pick. But this, this Noah Peterson guy, his tweets, I hate Louisville more than any other team. I genuinely hate Louisville. And then he posted a meme transferring to U of L save $150 with zero down. Boy, that, what a, <laughs> that would have been says something about where the strippers at. Right. Yeah. And he, this was in 2014. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, seven years ago. I mean, he was probably he was like 28, 27 years old, but look, here's what it is. The fans were outraged. And if you're hiring people, you have to vet them. Also, it, it looks bad on, on the people in charge. You know, you got long concession lines. Now, the, the concession lines, is, so another thing that the people were mad about was, so there's like the ring of fame, like all the people whose numbers were retired. So you're like, Ray, you know, you got these players that were exemplary Louisville players, but if you go to the stadium and look up, like the numbers are, are falling down, like seven <laughs> letters out of the name are going. But what they were trying to do was they were trying to insert the uh, video thing all the way around players or highlights of the players. The thing is, there's a, they killed the project out here. The part the season. I can attest to that because some crazy and jump on my car and that's my car. I had I had a car So I understand that like they couldn't get the parts, but like you still gotta fix what you have up there. So you know the football fans, the real football fans are looking up at Ray Buchanan's name and Ray Buchanan names from off the off the off the stadium and they're like that's disrespectful to these people. They're mad about that. The concession lines, like they ran out of buns, they ran out of hot dogs. People are talking about that. But here's the thing: if Louisville's winning, they'd, they'd be like, oh, whatever, just win, baby. So Louisville has to win this game. This is a must game school for Louisville at this point in time. And these are these are Satterfield's guys. I mean, if you look at the roster. These these are the, the the recruits from 2019 2020 that that are getting thrown out there. There's a few holdovers from the Petrino era for sure, but most of these guys are Satterfield recruits, and we cover recruiting here, and we're gonna see how well he did. Now, what do you, you know? You're not a fan of Louisville's recruiting prowess, you know? No. I cover recruiting and, we're gonna see. We're gonna see this year how great of a coach Satterfield is, because maybe maybe the players he recruited kind of sub P five level. But if Satterfield can win with these sub P five guys that we deem sub P five, if he can win, is he gonna stay? If he wins eight games, seven games, yeah, for sure. Eight. I think eight's the number. Eight and four. The tie well, they don't got money to fix the stadium. You think they got money to pay a buyout of the coach, Dave? Come on. <laughs> We're cutting. No, 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 hamburger no, 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 no. Hold on. Time out. Time out. If he wins eight games, they're not paying a buyout. The school that hires him is. Right. I ain't saying if he if he, if he he only wins three, they fire him. They probably don't. I mean, it'd be like a Clay Helton situation. So both of Dave and I grew up, you know, not exactly the wealthiest of people, but <laughs> – my uncle my uncle tony used to go and to feed his farm animals he'd go to like the 
you know how they have those bread stores that are like the outlets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd go there and take the bread they were getting rid of and he'd fill his pickup truck with it. And then he'd be like, oh, let's take a couple, let's take, <laughs> let's take out the bread we want to eat and then we'll feed the rest of the pigs, right? So, <laughs> you tell me Louisville couldn't do that and have enough hamburger buns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big also a Ray Buchanan story because you mentioned him. So Ray Buchanan uh lives here in Atlanta. He's had a couple sons come through that have been recruits, including his son Balin. Did his son Balin ever end up at he went to Tennessee, but I thought he transferred. That's um, news to me. I don't I don't remember a Balin. Oh, yeah, he went to Louisiana Tech after Tennessee. Um but anyway, he played in 31 games for Tennessee. That's a lot. But but uh, when he was a recruit, you know, his dad would always be talking about how good he was. I guess he's still – he's somehow still on Louisiana Tech. So he's on Louisiana Tech this season. Um, but anyway, so he would call me all the time. Hey, Woody, blah, blah, because he trained kids. And when you answer the phone, you'd say, hello? And he'd be like, hey, Woody, this big play Ray, Ray Buchanan. <laughs> he would say <laughs> Every single time he would introduce himself as, hey, this is Big Play Ray. Big Play Ray, baby. Louisville. Ray Buchanan. So big shout to him. I hope Balin uh, does well at Louisiana Tech because he got caught up in the Jeremy Pruitt vortex uh, that spoiled a lot of careers at Tennessee. All right, Dave. Uh, did you listen to the episode of me and Rob last week or no? I did not. Oh, okay. I told a really funny story. I told you guys that. enough on the on on the DM. I don't I don't want to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> yeah, but you'd like the story about uh, I told a story about my mom going to bingo. Um playing bingo and there was a big bingo drama. Anyway, so I wanted to update people on the story. Uh so my mom so I told a story on the podcast last week, and not very many people listen to this podcast, so but my mom tells me she doesn't know because she doesn't listen to the podcast either. She tells <laughs> us, I said, you know, how's it been going? She said, oh, yeah, you know, went to bingo twice this week, you know. She's like, and uh, on uh, Wednesday night or whatever, whenever it was, she's like, she's like, I won. I won twice. But when I won, none of the people clapped for me. <laughs> she doesn't know that I spent. 20 minutes on last week's show making fun of the VFW hall in Oregon. And I was like, where was it? And she was like, Oh, is that the VFW? <laughs> was that the VFW hall? So I'm wondering if someone heard the podcast and me making fun of them. And now they, when my mom wins bingo, they're not clapping for her. But hold up. Is your mom like off her deathbed? Is she, is she, no, is no, she that's did you wheeled her into the VFW with the, 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 the IV bags and the respirator? <laughs> I wish she would have listened to last week's podcast because, yes, she goes in there in a wheelchair. Yeah, big. I love, you know what? I love your mom's spirit. You know what I mean? Yo, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes, get all the juice out of life, baby. Get on your deathbed, get on that wheel, get in that death wheelchair and roll into the VFW and win that bingo and put that shit in your will. You know win, you win, two, win two different times in the same night. And How much did she up? win? What, what are we talking about? I asked her, I, so I called her to try to record it because I was going to. I was going to put it into the podcast and she talked about it, but she kind of switched thoughts midstream. So I couldn't use it, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. the, the, the big one, she won like over a hundred bucks on the second one. 
Hey, that's that's a come up, man. Hey, I'm on I'm on 168 on that on that Raiders Ravens game, man. But look, no, hey, props to your mom though, man. She's going out, she she's going out like a trooper, man. You know, I know I know how you are. Your motto is people be dying, right? <laughs> I understand that you're going through some hard times with your family, but like, I love your mom's perseverance. Like that, like live every second of your life. It's not promised, man. You ain't got tomorrow. We all think we do, but we don't. I respect I respect your mom going out to the VLW in the wheelchair. Like, nah, we're gonna play bingo tonight, baby. I ain't dead yet. I love it. That's awesome. I love your mom. Yeah, people though, I don't know if people know that my slogan is people be dying, which is usually my response when anybody dies. It's what happens when you know, my dad died when I was a kid. And so when when one of your parents dies as a kid, there's basically no one else that can die that that hits that level of sadness or whatever so especially your dad because that was that was your guy right although i was pretty sad when norm mcdonald died yesterday you know what you know what's funny i knew norm as pigeon from mike tyson mysteries and i loved pigeon he's my favorite character it's an adult swim show mike tyson mysteries if you if you haven't seen mike tyson miseries go watch it for norm but then i started remembering all the things i saw him on as a kid you know saturday night live exact all that stuff he just had that offbeat sense of humor he had a sense of humor very similar to yours as a matter right of that's why i love him i guess i mean i uh that that one joke i watched the joke last night where he says uh he says uh you know better than ezra had the number one album according to college you know radio charts blah 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 and he said coming in coming in just in front of the number two band ezra <laughs> yes was when he's talking to sylvester stallone where it's on saturday Night live and he gets like a car crash he's bleeding out and slides trying to save him and he's like you know I'm, I gotta ask you, what were you thinking about over the top? Like it's a custody battle where you have to, you have to, you have to uh, uh, beat this guy in an arm wrestling match to get your son. Like what is that even about? He's like, you know, I saw Kramer versus Kramer. That was a custody battle. You know what it was missing? Arm wrestling. <laughs> he's just, he's a great comedian. He made fun of uh, Steve Irwin dying. As a matter of fact. He was talking about how like the alligators were mad that they didn't kill him and that some stingray killed him. And he was like, the alligators are talking. And they said, well, how'd he die? He's like, man, you don't even want to know. <laughs> so rest in peace, man. But he definitely has a nonchalant attitude to the finite existence of us human beings and, you know, poke a little hole in us and we're gone, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy though, but it was crazy that he had. They said he had cancer for like ten years and just didn't tell anybody. Uh, right, so. and I, you know who would appreciate that? Krug, Krug would appreciate that. There was no like, hey, go fund me. I got cancer. Like, no, get insurance. Krug would, Krug would have hated that. Like, Norm died a, a Krug death. You know, don't put yeah. it out there. Don't ask for any sympathy. Honestly, your mom's rolling the same way. She's like, look, I'm dying. I'm going to go play bingo. Well, no. Okay. How was Grace, man? Listen, nobody really cares about your problems out here, man. For real. Remember, remember the um, remember the uh, curb your enthusiasm episode where Larry thought he had cancer and they're all playing poker. He and and so uh, they were like, "Look, if you got cancer, I'm not your friend no more. I'm not a cancer friend." You know, I, felt like, <laughs> I, I thought about that when they said Norm 
had cancer for nine years and didn't even tell anybody. I could see him at that poker table. So you reminded me of that. That does remind me of something that my mom did. So at some point after my mom had gotten diagnosed or was sick or whatever, she decided, she told me, she always had, we always had a hot tub growing up because my uncle John one day showed up and just dropped off a hot tub. And he's like, if you can get it running, you guys can have it. It didn't work. It was like, <laughs> such a gypsy thing. <laughs> Dude, I remember how we got it. So it was too heavy to move, right? So do you want to know how we moved it? We took my baseball bats and put them on the ground and we put and we put the hot tub on top of it and it rolled on the bats, like aluminum bats. How many so, bats? How big was well, we use like four bats, one on each side. And then you just put them out in front, you know, kind of like moving a piano or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most white trash thing I've ever heard. But anyway, so 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 we always had a hot tub growing up. So my my mom like once she got it running, then we had a hot tub. So she had decided she wanted a inflatable hot tub. Now she's like, I don't want an inflatable hot tub now. There is an inflatable hot tub that's inflated in her yard right now, and it's like filled with trash. <laughs> I was like, "Mom, you got an inflatable hot tub," and she was like, "No, that's the other guys, right?" So she goes up. So my sister sent me a screenshot. It was like you know the town's got like a for sale, you know, buy stuff in Cottage Grove or whatever. And one of the the people, someone was selling an inflatable hot tub, and she, my mom, comment it was they wanted like three hundred bucks. <laughs> And my mom commented, would you give a discount to someone who's dying? <laughs> Krug would not approve of that. Krug would be like, nah. <laughs> no, I want 300 for my Coleman hot tub. <laughs> if you're, listen, if you're a it's hot like tub. Air mattress, like you're in a hot tub, but it's slowly <laughs> sinking. Like, like every every like twenty minutes, you're like, oh man, I gotta put some air in this bad boy. <laughs> Listen, if your hot tub is <laughs> if your hot tub is the same brand as an air mattress or like your camping stove, then you're not. It's your not a hot tub. Later. It's a marketing scheme. You got, got no, but I love this concept. I didn't even know they had inflatable hot tubs. I mean, look. You could live a life of quasi luxury in America if you have three hundred dollars to give to Coleman. I'm pretty sure that's what Josh Rosen had in his like dorm room when he got in trouble. I think it was an inflatable one like that. Where's Josh now, man? What's he doing? He's living an NFL backup quarterback life. Yeah, I think he's on the Falcons. Is he down there with you? Did he come out and hang out with you or what? Do you get in his Coleman? (laughs) That's a good point. I should try to meet up with him. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Have him on the yeah, podcast. You know, probably answer your call. <laughs> I can't big time you. <laughs> the third straight yeah. quarterback with the Falcons. Yo, go birds, by the way. The Eagles smashed them, man. Yeah, you Good should look, you should have been down here. You could have been down here. You could have stayed down here for six games, six days. We could have gone to the Louisville Miss game, and you could have come to that game. I had to go see my mom, man. Some of us love our mothers. <laughs> hey, I gotta go. I might go see my mom again in a couple of weeks. You know who wants to come on the podcast? Who emailed emailed me asking to come on? Uh, hold on, wait. Let me guess. I'm going to start guess. throwing out names. Uh, hey, all you listeners, right now, I'm going to guess who wants to come on the podcast. You got 20 minutes. Here we go. Who who wants to come on the podcast, Woody? 
So the that dude who does like the college football preview magazine, who's always tweeting about how hard he's working on it, uh, Phil Steele. <laughs> oh, Phil Steele! No way. The yeah. legendary. I love Phil Steele. You don't like Phil Steele, I do. You know why? Because I use Phil for gambling in week one and week two when I don't know what the teams are. Phil's my guy, and I broke even on on, on gambling this week. I, I'm not going to brag about breaking even, but I'm just saying it is what it is. I didn't lose no money because of Phil. Well, Steele. anyway, I'm going to have Phil on. The question is, do I? How do I play it? You know what I mean? Do I ask him about why the mag? Why the magazine? You know, maybe could be a little bit better, or do we just we just talk football? No, you what are you out of your mind? The dude still has a magazine that's successful. You know what I mean? That's like somebody that still sells typewriters that's still making money. You don't you don't question that dude. He's a legend. He sells freaking magazines that still make money. What a legend. No, you you make a good point. He does it all himself. I'm pretty sure he does everything himself. I mean, imagine going to Oregon. And you're in the woods, wherever, you know, like whatever didn't get burnt down or whatever. And you're in the woods in Oregon and you see a freaking uh, 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 Triceratops just still alive. That's Phil Steele. <laughs> you're going to have a Triceratops and you're going to like question the survival instincts. And hey, maybe you can make your magazine a little better. What? You got your mind? I'm no, Get a page designer, get a copy editor or two. I think it would help. Uh, I say don't change anything. Because you know who right. you know who his magazines? Old people who hate when rivals updates their format. Yes, yes. Yes, sure. don't change anything. The man, the man found his lane and he stay. We don't respect people who stay in their lane. There's no more respect for everybody gotta do 20. Everybody gotta be a Swiss Army knife. Nobody respects the old buck knife. Phil stays in his lane. He, he's not driving his uh, college football preview mobile off willy-nilly four lanes on the highway. He's just in the slow lane, and he's cool there, and he's getting his money. Respect to Phil Steele. I, I, I will definitely tune into that podcast. You should ask him how the hell he survived after all these years in the magazine injury, industry. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so – Hopefully, I'll fill on next week, and I will. Think about Sports Illustrated. It was the most prolific magazine there was, and now it's just a crap website that's like no one sports side or whatever. Is is the Sports Illustrated? They just do like the swimsuit issue now, right? They have nothing else. I think they put out like one, two a month or something like that. I can't. But they do like daily covers on Twitter or whatever, which is yeah, crazy. man, it's bad. Phil, Phil outlasted. Phil Steele outlasted Sports Illustrated. You have a legend on your show and you're downplaying it. What is wrong with you, man? It's terrible marketing. Okay. <laughs> we'll see what Phil has to say. I'm gonna pitch, I'm gonna tell him that. Uh, I'm gonna pitch that that idea to him that he's a ultimate survivor. Tell him Did Dave you, Lack, he's a compiler, bro. He's uh, tell him, tell him that Dave Lackford respects his uh resiliency. Before we wrap up, uh, any TV shows you want to talk about? Did you finish Rick and Morty season five? What'd you think? I did. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's just kind of over Rick and Morty, man. I hate to say that. Um, it's, it was it was cool. It was good, but it just didn't have that like staying power. I want to go back and watch the season again. Um, I was my I got a girl now, so I watch a lot of stupid stuff like Manifest. What a stupid show Manifest is, man. That's the worst show ever. 
Don't watch Manifest. Don't Kim Kardashian. If Kim Kardashian is tweeting about a show, do not watch it. It's garbage. I'm just excited for Atlanta. I want to see Atlanta. Oh, the Wu Tang. Oh, matter of fact, the Wu Tang uh, joined on Hulu. Actually, comes on Wednesday nights. The Wu Tang thing with the young bulls that are like it's the coming of age of the Wu Tang. That's a really good show. Uh, I forget what it's called, but watch the Wu Tang join. If you're a Wu Tang fan, I'm a Wu Tang fan. Woody, I know you're a Wu Tang fan. Your dad had you rocking a Malcolm X hat back in the, <laughs> in the late '90s, so I know that you you are down with the Wu. I didn't I didn't realize that's what it was. I didn't realize it was like a dra- dramatization of of Wu Tang. I yeah, thought it was like a documentary it's, it's, or something. Yeah, it's not a documentary. It's just a coming of age story where they cast a bunch of young dudes that kind of look like like Dave East plays Method Man. He looks just like Meth, just okay. like Meth. So so maybe I'll watch it. That is, I know what you're talking about. Any if you just type in Wu Tang on Hulu. Go to Hulu, type in Wu Tang, you'll get it. There's 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 one season you might have to catch up on it. If you are up to date on it, then you got my respect because you know you're in you're in my tribe. You're in my so, clan. Are you well let's get back to manifest. <laughs> Did you know that manifest got canceled, right? Good. It should have got canceled. No, listen, listen, it got canceled. And then people loved Manifest so much that they, it, when it got on Netflix, they would just leave their Netflix running 24 hours a day playing Manifest on a loop so it could be number one on the charts. And Netflix saved the show, brings it back from the dead, and they're going to have another season. That's what it's about. It's about a flight that got brought back from the dead. It's so dumb. Like the dad in it. So there's this kid named Cal who has like these visions and there's the dad. And it's basically, they just took uh, Carl and Rick from the walking dead. And, and Cal's just like, I'm a dad. And Cal, where are you? You're my son. And I'm a dad. And then they killed the mom. Who's also like, I'm a mom. And Cal's my son. They stabbed her. Spoiler alert. My bad. But I was so happy when she died. I was like, thank God. I hate her so much. But my girl makes that's the thing, guys. Listen, if you have a girl that makes you watch stupid shows, you need to reevaluate your relationship because, like, your time is money, man. And your girl's sitting there making you watch Manifest. My girl's not going to listen to this. So it's cool. But, what? like, like I, I, that show sucks. It's so bad. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I, I'm just like, Sitting there biting a bullet, man. It's the things you do when you get in relationships. It's so bad. Don't watch Manifest. It should have been canceled. Netflix is garbage. When when you said that she was making you watch shows, I assumed you were immediately were going to say like Real Housewives or something. I did not think you were going to say Manifest. No. I, if, no. If, if a woman made me watch Real Housewives, I would just leave the house. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> okay. All right. That's a perfect point to wrap it up. I'm going to tack on... Mine and Mike's picks, uh, you know, we do a pick show on YouTube every week. I'm going to tack those on the back of the episode. So if you want to hear uh, our picks from this week, uh, Dave already made his pick for UCF to beat Louisville and cover. I like that, too. Dave, thanks for hanging out. We're going to have you back on from time to time. Let's hope we can get Rob to watch that. Matt, you know, if he gets around, he read the book. You know, the, movie, the movie's never as good as the book. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right, man. Good to be back, man. I miss you, brother. Peace. Woody Womack and Mike Farrell back with another round of picks. Mike, our season records 
I am 27 and 22 after going 12 and 9 last week, and you are 25 and 24 after going 11 and 10. So we're hovering above 500. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. Let's get into the picks. Start off with a game that everyone has suddenly wanted to write about a game from 50 years ago. Nebraska at Oklahoma. Oh, remember the matchup of whoever and whatever. It's like, look, I'm 40 years old and I don't care. So forget <laughs> Oklahoma 22 point favorite. What do you think? I care. Tom Osborne and Barry Switzer going at it again. I'm taking Oklahoma 22 and also give me the over. I think Oklahoma is going to drop 50 on Nebraska of themselves. So give me, give me uh, Oklahoma laying 22. I actually like both of those picks too, which is never a good sign to start with the over. Not for you. Not for you. And moving on, New Mexico at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, a 29.5-point favorite. Uh, I'm taking New Mexico. Um, Terry Wilson is on fire. Uh, he, he was amazing last week, and Zach Calzada is not good. So A&M is going to you know, have a tremendous defense. They'll try to run the ball, but they're, they're definitely going to – New Mexico is going to stay within 30 points of this. Yeah, I bet Texas A&M wishes they had Terry Wilson. Uh, Yes. He would actually be a really good fit in their offense. Uh, I'm going to take New Mexico, too. Texas A&M just isn't built to blow anybody out, so I don't think they're covering 29 and a half points. That's ridiculous. Uh, Next up, uh, number eight, Cincinnati. Continues to be ranked in the top 10 despite struggling with Murray State last week. Uh, They are at Indiana. So. Who's a home underdog? Who do you like, Mike? I like Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to ride that that horse till it lets me down. And the the over under is 49.5. Now Michael Penix has been horrible. Desmond Ritter is up and down, but he's been pretty good this season. But I, I you know, you got to assume these two teams are going to score more than 50. And I, I like Cincinnati to cover the four on the road. Yeah, the horse let you down last week because they didn't cover against Murray State. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know who Murray State is. I know they're the racers, but I don't care. I like Cincinnati. Okay, I'm going to take Indiana. Panix hopefully is healthy, and uh, they will win. Oh, is that his excuse? That's the excuse he's not healthy. Number 15, Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia, a home dog. I think I put it wrong on the graphic here. No, No, West Virginia's favored. Oh, okay, yeah. Home By dog. three. So yeah. here's a trap line of all trap lines, right? There's no way on earth West Virginia should be favored by three over a 2-0 Virginia Tech team that beat North Carolina. So I'm taking West Virginia. There, there's a – this reeks of somebody knowing something that I don't know. So give me West Virginia, and I'll lay the field goal. Yeah, I'm going to take West Virginia as well. Coastal Carolina at Buffalo. Buffalo getting 14 uh, points uh, at home. Yeah, uh, no. Coastal Carolina, they're going to score probably 45 on Buffalo and take the over 57 and a half. Give me Buffalo. You don't just walk into Buffalo, <laughs> whatever the name of their stadium is. And you like, don't? No, you don't. <laughs> I think uh, you do. <laughs> Michigan State at somehow ranked number 24. Man, what a horrible over. Give me a break. Okay. All right. So Michigan State should – in my mind, should not be 2-0, right? I didn't think they were that, that this good a football team, but Peyton Thorne has been much better than I expected. Kenneth Walker's awesome. I didn't think they would make a bowl game, but I, I look at this and I'm like, Miami at home laying six against the 2-0 team that can run the ball down your throat. Give me Michigan State taking six. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Miami just to fade you, and just because I I I my instincts tell me to go with you, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Miami. Yeah, no, that's smart. Go the opposite of me is smart. Northern Illinois at Michigan, uh, Michigan, 27 and a half point favorite. Yeah, give me Northern Illinois. They're not good. Remember, their quarterback's Rocky Lombardo. Remember him? Um, yes. They're not good, but Michigan's offense isn't going to blow anybody out. 27 and a half is ridiculous. It's Harbaugh, you know, run left, run right, run up the middle. Don't trust my quarterbacks, and they'll grind out a victory probably by three touchdowns, but Northern Illinois will cover. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan just because when J.J. McCarthy comes into garbage time, he's trying to score. So uh, I'm going to take them there. Purdue at another horribly overrated team. Number 12, Notre Dame. Uh, who do you like, Mike? Uh, 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 I like Notre Dame. I mean, uh, they're laying a touchdown here. Purdue has David Bell. They could throw the ball around a little bit. But I, I like Notre Dame to actually make a statement here in state rivalry and actually win this football game by maybe 10, 14 points. I'm going to take Purdue, and they're going to have twenty to 25,000 fans at the game. So watch them take over. Uh, Touchdown Jesus is going to have a Purdue jersey on because Notre Dame, they didn't sell out their stadium last week. So that's going to have a hat. He's going to have a Boilmaker's hat. <laughs> uh, number one, Alabama at Florida. Uh, Florida, a 14.5 point underdog. Okay. Uh, bet your mortgage house and everything you own on Alabama to cover this 14 and a half line. Uh, Florida, you're going to see a lot more of Anthony Richardson than you've seen before. If he's healthy, he's got a hamstring issue. The defense has been playing well, but they cannot hang with this Alabama team. Alabama is going to defeat them by more than 14 and a half and also take the over 59 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Alabama as well. Alabama first half is the bet that I go with every week, and it rarely fails to produce I think it was like nine and two last year or something in the regular season. Uh, let's go quickly on some of these other ones. Yep. Kent State at Iowa, Iowa, a 23-point favorite. I'm going to take Iowa to cover. I am as well. Georgia Tech going to number six Clemson. Clemson, 28-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Clemson. I think they, they really need to get DJ, uh, you know, up and running and, and, and get the confidence of the, the fan base who are a little bit down on the offense. So I think he's going to have a big game. I'm going to take Georgia Tech. I hope they don't start Jeff Sims. Uh, Jordan Yates has been better uh, this season when he's played. I know Sims only played a little bit. If they play Sims, I'm taking Clemson, but I'm going to pick Georgia Tech because I do think Yates might get the start. Uh, Tulsa at number nine, Ohio State. Ohio State looking to bounce back 24 and a half point favorites. Yeah, Ohio State's going to, you know, use this opportunity to try to prove that their defense is actually good and their offensive line can block. So they'll win this game by 40, uh, but they still got a lot of work to do. All right, a couple other quick ones. Georgia Southern at Arkansas. I'm going to take Georgia Southern to cover the 23 and a half. Really? Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It won't be a close game, but there's this letdown factor, you know, after you storm the field. You know, it's not going to be nearly as exciting for Georgia Southern. All right. South Carolina at number two, Georgia. Georgia, 31 and a half point favorites. Uh, give me Georgia. I'm, I'm not going to play around with them anymore. I'm going to take Georgia to cover 31 and a half. Yeah, same. I think it's, it's going to be ugly. Uh, Virginia at North Carolina. North Carolina, an eight point favorite. Give oh, this is tough because Virginia has been a bet against Virginia twice, lost twice. North Carolina. Give me North Carolina to cover that eight. 
Okay, I'm actually going to take Virginia. I really like what they're doing offensively. Smart. Very creative. I like their – I just like they're using all types of different quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, uh, I like that one for sure. Uh, all right, Auburn at Penn State, maybe the game of the week. Penn State a five-point favorite. I'm going to take Penn State. It's a whiteout. Uh, they're going to cover the five. That's a whiteout. That's all I keep it's hearing. It's so amazing. That's it's, what? The whiteout's so amazing. Don't downplay the whiteout. Congratulations. You guys are all wearing the same T-shirts. It's, are you any louder than the Iron Bowl or something it's like that? It's so cool looking. It's oh, awesome. Auburn's going to come in there. Uh, they're going to be just – listen, they're, they're, it, they're not going to be able to hang. Penn State's going to win by 10. Uh, no chance. Give me Auburn. I'm not even like Auburn money line. Uh, Tulane at number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a 14-point favorite. Low, low spread for me. I think uh, Ole Miss should cover the 14, but, man, the over 76, I would take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I like Ole Miss as well uh, to cover that one. Arizona State at number 23, BYU. BYU, a home underdog, which is crazy. Yeah, give me BYU. They shouldn't be a home dog, and I think they could win outright. Yeah, I agree. I liked them last week. I, I called it on the show that for them to take the money line. That one did cash. I like it again here. Iowa State, somehow number 14. Yeah. At UNLV, 31-point favorites. Uh, it's just tough because UNLV is just a treacherously horrible football team. Um, I just don't know if Iowa State on the road can you know cover a 31-point line. Give me UNLV. Yeah, UNLV covered last week against Arizona State. I like them to cover this week. And last but not least, uh, Fresno State at UCLA. UCLA, 11-point-and-a-half favorite. Mike, take a pick. I'm taking Fresno State. Okay, I'll take Fresno State, too. That wraps it up. Thanks for watching us. Be sure to check us out next week as well.